السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ یو آر ٹیونڈ ان ٹو چینل اسلام انٹرنیشنل دی پروگرام دیٹ وی ہیو ٹو نائٹ از دا پروگرام تزکیہ اٹ از دا ٹوئنٹی فرسٹ آف جنوری ٹوئنٹی ٹین کورسپونڈنگ ود اسلامک ڈیٹ دا سکس آف سفر فورٹین تھرٹی ون وی and myself, Musa Akudi, here in the studio in Johannesburg. Our contact numbers at the studio are 027-11-494-7007, and the SMS line is 027-82-904-8167. Uh, we have our Sheikh online. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm wonderful, uh, Sheikh, and how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm uh, well. Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, what are you going to be speaking to our listeners and to myself as well uh, this evening? Uh, uh, tonight session? I want to talk, inshallah, about uh, the concept of nasiha. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, I wanted to bring the program back to the core basics. Mm-hmm. of Tiskiyah and Tisawaf, mm-hmm. and I thought we would look at the notion of Nasiha and the role of Nasiha, I mean the counsel and advice, mm-hmm. and I think that would be a very good way to reset the tone of the program, uh, because all of us here are speaking and listening uh, with the niyat of Nasiha. Mm-hmm. So that's excellent, Sheikh. I just want to remind our listeners of our contact numbers here in the studio. It's uh, 0027. Four nine, uh, 11494707 and our SMS lines 0027-82904-8167 so inshallah uh, the little time that we have with our sheikh it's very very valuable time and we hand over to our sheikh inshallah Aziz, to speak to us about nasiha alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salaman ala ibadih alladheena astafama ba'd fa'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajimi bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ ذِكْرَ تَنْفَأُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Qur'an al-Kareem وَذَكِّرْ and you should give a good advice, an admonishment, a counsel, you should remind فَإِنَّ ذِكْرَ تَنْفَأُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ because indeed giving such a reminder is of benefit to the mu'mineen and I feel that this ayah is really the anchor, uh, one of the anchors and core focal points for our program that we log in, I come online to remind myself, our listeners come online to remind themselves. And basically we are all hoping that if we can be sincere in the zikr and the tadkirah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be treating us as He has stated in the Qur'an, tanfal mu'mineen that this will be of nafa, this will be of benefit to the believers, and we will benefit in such a way. So whenever we make niya or intention of this ayah, uh, whether as a speaker or as a listener, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept that intention of ours, and He will enable us to get that nafa and that benefit. And interestingly, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu mentioned in the hadith, ad-deenun nasiha, that deen itself is nasiha, the deen comprises of and consists of an essence of nasiha, and all of nasiha is to be found in the deen. And at the same time, the Prophet also mentioned in another hadith, that one of the signs of the ummah towards the end of time will be that people won't want to listen to nasiha. And 
won't want to change themselves. And many times here, uh, when we talk to college and university students, we give them the example of Abu Lahab and Abu Jahl. And the example we give was that Abu Lahab and Abu Jahl knew the power of the deen of Islam. And they knew that the Prophet was the real Prophet. That's why Allah Spantel says about them in Quran, Ya'rifunahu kama ya'rifuna abna'uhum, that they recognize the Prophet as clearly as they recognize their own sons. In other words, they recognize that the Prophet really was a Prophet of Allah as clearly as they would recognize that the child was really a son of theirs. And they used to call the Prophet as Sadiq al Amin, that he was the true one, the trustworthy one. But nonetheless, they chose not to accept Islam. Why? Because they knew that if they accepted the deen of Islam, they would have to change. And they would have to change fundamental aspects about themselves. They would have to change not just their beliefs, but their culture, their society, their habits, their mannerisms, their lifestyle. And many of us today in the Muslim world, actually we could go back in time, 1400 years, and tell Abu Jahl that no... You can become a Muslim and you don't need to change. You can become a Muslim and still do whatever you want. You can become a Muslim and still act and dress and talk and live, etc., however you want. And so I think one thing, one reason perhaps why one of the signs of the end of time is that people don't want to listen to Nasiha is that because people don't want to change. Now obviously, alhamdulillah, anybody who is listening right now is obviously a person who wants to listen to Nasiha. So I think the first thing then what we should do is that if we're going to come online or on the air and listen to this program, then and we do have this basic desire for Nasiha, why not go all the way? Why not make that intention in our heart that I want to listen, not just to hear some good words, some good advice, some words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, some words of the Prophet but why not go all the way in our intention and say, you know, I want to listen so that I can change. I want to listen because I want something to enter my heart, to impact my heart in such a way that I change absolutely completely, that I leave each and every sin, I leave each and everything that is even slightly displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I am logging on or I'm listening in or tuning in because I want to drown myself in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you have said in the Quran that this is a benefit in the zikratan fal mu'mineen that such counsel, advice, such remembrance is a benefit to the believers then I want as a mu'min to maximize my nafa for that. And this is what I wanted to talk about tonight is how we can do that. And this isn't just something specific to tonight's program or our program, but for any mu'min who goes to any gathering, whether it's Jummah khutbah or a talk at Jummah or any other talk or lecture or bayan or dars in the masjid or otherwise, or reading a book on the deen or listening to something online on the deen or listening to a pre-recorded cassette or CD on the deen, any way that we expose ourselves to any effort of da'wah or tazkiyah, there are certain things that we can do in that engagement that will may enable us to benefit better and more from that nasiha. And I wanted to cover those things tonight. So number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself in the Quran al-Kareem has taught us that different people will benefit differently and he has given us the conditions 
by which we can, the method and the conditions by which we can try to benefit maximally from any and all nasiha that we get. So the first verse in this context is, إِنَّ فِي ذَلَكَ لَذِكْرَ لِمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ الْقَلْبُ That verily indeed in this Qur'an, in this Qur'an al-Kareem, Kitab al-Mubin, in the Kalam, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَذِكْرَ There's indeed an admonishment, a reminder, a counsel, an advice. But who is going to be able to take that advice? Who is going to be able to internalize that advice? Who is going to be able to submit to that advice? That is what Allah Subhanahu wa says in Quran, لِمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ قَلْبُ For that person who has a قَلْبُ Now here clearly, Allah Subhanahu wa means that person who is purifying their heart. Because otherwise, every insan has a قَلْبُ Every human being, just like every human being has a body, every human being has a ruh, every human being has a قَلْبُ has a spiritual heart. So it's quite clear that Allah subhanahu wa means that person who has opened their heart, that person who is listening with intention to purify their heart, that person who is listening with their heart, who is willing to present their heart to the Qur'an, not their mind, not just their mind, not just their tongue, but who has a kalb and presents that kalb to the Qur'an, then for that person, they will find that there is that the Qur'an is a zikr, is an admonishment and a reminder for them. So that is the very crux of the Sawaf. And that is the barakah of being on the path of the Sawaf is that number one, it gives a person this worry and concern that I want to better myself. That's why it is sometimes called suluk in the Arabic language. Suluk means traveling. Traveling closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means a journey towards progress. A salik, by definition, is somebody who wants to make themselves better, who wants to make themselves more pure. In other words, a person who is trying to, we are trying to revive our dead hearts, we are trying to soften our dead hearts, so we are precisely trying to work on that gulp. So then you would find that normally, if this is the case, then normally that person who is on the path of the sawaf and who is specifically working on his or her kalb, then for her or him, this nasiha will be more beneficial. And this Qur'an al-Kareem will be more beneficial. And all of the nasiha and the deen will be more beneficial and will be quicker to enter into their life. So the first condition was that we need to have a kalb, we need to have a heart and present our heart to that nasiha. The second, and here Allah subhanahu wa continues with this ayah, O al-Qasama. And they are people who listen intently. And it means that, you know, we have a very famous saying in the English language that it goes one ear, it goes out the other ear, that a person was listening, here, he heard, but he didn't hear, she didn't listen. And so this attribute of sama is also mentioned after the attribute of having a kalb, that we should hear, listen, we don't want it to go into one ear and out the other ear, we want it to go one ear and penetrate deep, and discipline our nafs, we want it to penetrate deep and enter into our kalb, we want it to penetrate deep and condition our akal. So we want to listen intently. And the third thing, wahua shaheed, and that person is intently aware. And I think, you know, I mean, you know, there may be people who listen uh, to a radio program in the background or while doing other things, but the more and more focused we are, 
the more and more intently aware we are and the more mm, present we are in mind and in heart, then the more beneficial that the siha will be. So our heart should have a talab, should have a yearning for change. Our ears should be attentive and we should be listening with the intention to internalize. And third, we should be fully aware, fully present uh, at the moment of that nasihah. Now given that, alhamdulillah, all of us again are listening in with that talab, and we've all logged in or listening in to increase our talab, so we should make the maximum need that we can. In other words, what is our desire? What is our talab? Our talab should be that we want to get the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we want to change anything and everything about ourselves to get that love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we want to make ourselves magnets for the mercy and karam, the rahmah and karam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and so that He may bestow from His part His tawfiq and grant us tawfiq and grant us success and ability to do good deeds and to do the things that uh, will make us pleasing to Him. So we should feel that if Allah Ta'ala has brought us to any gathering of Nasiha, we should always feel that Allah Ta'ala's irada is one of khair. This is how it explained to us that Allah Ta'ala's will and wish is that He wishes to bestow something on us. And if we make that near the Prophet said in Hadith, that Allah Ta'ala says that Ana in the Zanni Abdibi, that I'm with my servant as he views me to be. So if he or she views that I have brought him or her to this, these moments of nasiha to bestow something upon them of hidayah, of taqwa, of the nur of iman, of my qurb, of my ma'iyat, then certainly I will bestow that upon them. And in fact, Allah Ta'ala even says in Quran that he is fa'alun lima yurid, that he is the ultimate doer of that which he wills and that which he intends. So we should actually humble ourselves and feel that it's not due to any piety or sincerity on our part that we're able to go to any gathering in the Siha, but this is merely a gift and a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He has sent us to this gathering or to that program or to that teacher or to that scholar or to that alim or to that sheikh. And we are hopeful and have a, hus- uh, a hope uh, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He wishes to bestow something upon us. So the first thing that we said, talib in the heart, we should try to make the heart's desire the most maximum desire that we can make it. Second, the same thing is about listening. Since, since we're all going to hear and listen anyway, we would want to try to listen as intently as we can. And this is, you know, Allah subhanahu mentions, in fact, in the Quran, uh, that this will be the attribute of the people of Jannah. Now the people Ahl Jannah are described as Allahina Yastamiuna Kaula wa Yattabiuna Ahsana. That they were people who did istimaat, they listened extremely intently. So the call means here the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they followed the best of it, they followed it in the best of ways. And so it means here that what is the niyat of sama is ittiba. So we're listening with the purpose of following. Not simply with the purpose of learning, not simply with the purpose of being motivated, but the niyat then that we're going to make in our listening is that we are listening with the purpose of following, of doing ittiba. And just like that, in the contrast, Allah SWT has mentioned in the Quran, the attribute, or the statement rather, of the people of Jahannam, 
that they will be asked, Alam yatikum nazir, that did not a warner, a guide, an admonisher come to you? And then they will continue and they will say, yes, one came to us and this and that. And in the end, what will they say? Lo kunna nasma'u, if only we had listened. Now, notice it's not that they didn't exist. It's not that they didn't come. It's not even that we didn't go to them. It's not that we didn't go to them. We didn't listen. And again here, listening means we didn't follow. We didn't do that ittiba. So, Lokuna Nasmu, if only we had listened, and I'm reading into that listened or and followed, oh, Nakalu, if only we had understood and realized. But this is also very interesting that the way Allah Ta'ala uses the word akal in the Quran, akal is not used for a human rational discovery. Here, akal is being used for understanding meaning submission to Revelation prophecy, submission to the Qur'an and Sunnah. So if, if we had done these things, if only we had listened or had understood and realized that this was what we should follow, we would not be of the people of Jahannam at this moment. So in fact, just like the Ahl Jannah are described as being people of Sama, just like that, Ahl Jahannam are being described as people who did not have some. So therefore we have to become people who listen with the intent of following and means with the intent of Amal. And this is, you know, Allah SWT himself says in another place in the Quran, وَلَوْ أَرَضُ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا لَأَسْمَعَهُمْ That if Allah SWT wants uh, and intends good for someone, لَأَسْمَعَهُمْ He makes them listen. He opens up their ears, he opens up their hearts, he gives them that tawfiq. So again, this is what I was saying earlier, that we should feel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has an irada khair for us, that he gives us the opportunity to listen to some words of nasiha. And you know, if somebody doesn't listen with their heart, and doesn't listen with sincerity, then it's of no benefit. Just like they were kufar of the Ahlul Quraysh from Makkah who heard Quran. And because they weren't sincere, and they weren't listening with the intention to follow, they thought that it was magic, or they thought it was soothsaying, or they thought it was spellbinding, right? And that, because they didn't have that sincerity. So our niyat is that we want to do amal. And it's a mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you would accept us for that. You know, like, uh, again, like I linked some with ittiba. Many times it comes, Isma'u wa ati'u, that you should listen and obey. So the purpose of listening is to follow and to obey. The purpose of that sama is ittiba and itat. And it's on that basis that we then go to the next step where we can ask Allah Ta'ala for the maghfirah. And that is a very famous dua that we have been taught in Surah Baqarah. Sami'na wa ata'na ghufranaka rabbana wa ilaykal masir. So first came Sama, listening, then came Itaat, obeying, then came Maghfira. So it means that not just our listening and submitting and not even following and obeying, even to the Maghfira that is being mentioned, for that person who listens and obeys. And we are people who neither obey and follow nor listen, so imagine what level of Maghfira we would need. So this is the way our deen is teaching us. And this is really what the soul is teaching us about. 
And the whole purpose of Guru Mahasandakin is to put ourselves in the company of the Sandakin, to open up our heart, to open up that understanding of the Akko, to listen to be people of Sama, to be Shaheed, to be extremely aware. And that is why in the Adab of Tasawwuf, uh, our Mashaikh have taught us that a person should be extremely focused and intent uh, on uh, the teachings of the Sheikh. And you know, and sometimes this also misconception that people have uh, that, you know, I don't understand. And I you know, want everybody to listen to this very carefully. There's a very common misconception about the Sawaf that many people have, even people who otherwise uh, accept the tradition of the Sawaf and accept uh, the benefits of doing zikr. And that is the following, that many people say, you know, I don't understand why people are so close to the Sheikh and why they make the sheikh such an intimate friend, or why they have to have so much love for the sheikh, right? And people, because we're using, again, our Western rationality and our sense of individualism, our false and delusional sense of individualism, that a person shouldn't be dependent. And then sometimes a person will use wonderful sentences such as, no, no intermediaries in Islam between a believer and Allah. So let's look at this for a moment from some hadith. So hadith number one, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu said, Al-mar'u ala dini khalilihi, that a person will end up being on the deen of their khalil, that person whom they make their khalil, their khalil deen will enter into their heart. So the word of the Prophet sallallahu is khalil. Khalil means intimate friend. And all of us know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used this word for Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam, khalilullah. And the Prophet also knew that Allah Ta'ala had used this word for Ibrahim salam, and he's using the same word Khalil. So it means that if I'm a person who is doing, trying to do Amal and Kulu I'm trying to put myself in the presence and company of those who are truer to Allah and His Messenger than I am, if I want their deen to enter me, this hadith is saying that I have to make them my Khalil. Because it says, Al-Mar'u ala dini khalilihi, that a person is going to be on the deen of their khalil. So my sunnah and my prophet is saying, I have to make this person intimately close to me. So it's not something that is anyway against Islam. It is exactly according to the teaching of Islam. Then if a person says, okay, what about that muhabbat? Why do you talk about muhabbat shaykh? Why should you, why do you need to have this love for the shaykh? So that's also my process and taught me to do. When Sayyidina Susa mentioned that on the Day of Judgment there will be seven types of people who will be under the shade of the Arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day in which there will be no shade, one category of people are mentioned as Al-Mutahabuna Fillah, that people who had intense mutual muhabbat for the sake of Allah. So my Prophet is telling me that if I want to have the shade of the arsh on the Day of Judgment, I have to have love for someone for the sake of Allah. And so who better to have love for than that same person who is amongst the sadiqeen that I'm keeping my sobat with as part of Kunu Ma'al sadiqeen, that same person who has made my khalil according to Al-Mar'u Al-Adeen Khalilahi, obviously that is going to be the very same person who I'm going to love for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this concept of listening intently, presenting your heart, following... The, all of this applies to all of Nasiha. 
whether that nasiha be coming from our own reading of Quran or whether that nasiha is coming to us from an alim of the Quran, an amil of the Quran, an arif of the Quran, an ashik of the Quran. We have to have that deep, intense engagement with that. And, you know, some of our mashayik have explained it this way, that if a person listens intently and opens themselves up to the zahir nasiha, to any apparent good counsel and good advice that they get, then Allah subhanahu wa opens up for them their inner nasihat, which is their basirat, which means their own inner faculty, their own inner conscience. Like, for example, Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, فَأَلْحَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَكْوَاهَا that Allah Ta'ala has inspired us with what uh, is bad for us and what is good for us, what is vice, what is virtue, what is impure, what is pure. And many times we have numbed that inner furqan, that inner criteria that we have has become desensitized, has become numb, has become hardened. But if we listen to the zahir nasiha, Allah Ta'ala also opens up that batin, that inner nasiha, what sort of in English we call our conscience. So, this is uh, another aspect of listening, uh, that, that listening leads to obedience, uh, and that listening leads to following. And if more and more we follow our nasiha with amal, uh, then that amal will be the real proof that we internalize that nasiha. As if somebody says, okay, you know, I listened, and I want to follow, and I want to benefit, I want to get that nafa that is mentioned in Quran, I want to do that ittiban, itaat that is mentioned in Quran. How do I know? It's that simple. It's amal salih. The real test is amal salih. Means the real test is righteous acts, acts of worship, acts of ibadah, acts of dhikr, acts of du'a. Because getting spiritually motivated or emotionally motivated about the deen, that is the first step that happens, alhamdulillah, to many of us when we hear nasiha. But what we are supposed to do, that was the passive response. That was the passive effect of the nasiha that our jazbah, our emotional desire for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases, our remembrance of Allah ta'ala increases, our emotional desire to follow the deen increases. And if we want to be true to that nasiha, we have to become people of amal. And that is something that is a second core feature of the sawaf. And that is why the Mashaikh always teach people extra amal, nafal ibadat, dhikr Because they know that it's not just about the sobat, it's not just about the matulas, not just about the bayan, right? That a person must become a person of amal. And so, and, and this is why the self is so helpful to us, because for many of us, we're too lazy to increase our amal. Many of us have precisely this problem, that we can listen to some good nasiha, but we can't really follow it up with amal. So that is why the way of the soul tells that a person should plug themselves into a program, a program in which they will be regularly guided and taught amal and nafal ibadat, and then in which through keeping a rabita or discussing with the sheikh, their, um, the quality of their amal will become better. Right? And that's another thing that many people don't understand, that what is the main purpose of rabita? The main purpose of rabita was not necessarily to inform your sheikh 
about any and all problems in our life, any and all worries in our life. And our own Sheikh always says that the real, the most Rabata, the truest Rabata that a person does is Rabata about their Amal, their Zikr Iskar. That person who does Rabata about their Zikr, their Maqaba, their Istighfar, their Darud and Salawat, their Talawat, etc. And the purpose of that is to increase quality. So the soul is actually working on both sides, trying to increase a person's quantity on amal and a person's quality of amal and also a person's regularity of amal by making that person plug into a system and have a teacher. And again, because most of us in this present day and age are so lazy, we are creatures of comfort, creatures of our nafs, creatures of habit. We're unlikely, it's not impossible, but for many of us, and not for all of us, but for many of us, we are unlikely to do a good quantity of amal, or to have a good quality of amal, or to have that regularity, consistency of amal, until and unless we plug ourselves into a program. And what happens many times is people who don't plug themselves into a program, because we're not able to follow up that nasiha with amal, then we kind of get immune to that nasiha. And so we can listen to all kinds of bands, all kinds of talks, and while we're listening, we get some enjoyment, but it doesn't affect us afterwards. It doesn't make us change afterwards. Why? Because we have too long a past history of listening to nasiha and not following it up with amal. So that's why especially those who are beginners on the path of the Sawaf should make sure they should do at least some amal every day. Those who listen regularly to any type of nasiha should make sure they do at least some amal every single day so that we don't put ourselves in that danger or risk that our heart could also become desensitized and that our heart may also become closed to amal it's still open to listening, still open to going to the gathering, but it becomes closed to amal. That's the biggest fear that we should have, and that's what we should be most watchful over. And that is what uh, Allah SWT also mentions when talking about tawfiq. إِلَّا كُتِبَ لَهُمْ وَهِيَ أَمَلٌ That it has been bestowed upon them, I mean literally written uh, for them, but it means that based on how much they listen to Nasiha, how much talab they have, and they, what is the real bestowal is amal saleh is that Allah Subhanahu gives us these good deeds, and then Allah Subhanahu never ever lets those good deeds become wasted. So this is a very important need that we listen to Nasiha, and we listen to that Nasiha, and we follow it up with amal. And it's amazing that the early Muslims and something but another major teaching of the Salaf is how much they valued their time. You see, otherwise, our, because of our laziness and our ghaflat, we're just passing time. And many times we have the saying in English that you meet someone and they say, we were just killing time. And actually they're not killing time, time is killing them. Because they're not filling it up with amal. Just like Allah Ta'ala Himself has said in the Qur'an Al-Karim, وَالْأَصْرِ إِنَّ Allah Ta'ala, that being who created time, and the passing of time, and that we all live in a system of linear time, 
that being himself the creator of time invokes and swears upon that created time that inna insana lafi khusr that indeed humanity due to the passing of time over them is in a state of complete loss irretrievable irrevocable loss why because you can never get a second back you can never get a day back you can never get a moment back you can never retract anything that we did in our life so every single second we're losing it illa ladina amanu except those who believe wa amilu salihat amal amal it's all about the amal and if a person doesn't have the amal then they're in that state of khusr in fact uh, the prophet mentioned in a hadith that the people who will be in jannah that will be one regret that they will have a hasra, it means a kind of regret or longing or yearning or wish that they would have of this world. Otherwise, they would not have any wish for anything in the dunya because they were in Jannah. There will be one thing that they would still have a slight hasra, you can say slight longing or reminiscing or wish for, and that is a'mal as-salih. The Prophet said, that the people of Jannah will not have any worry or concern or will not contemplate anything. Except that moment that passed over them, in which they did not, and interestingly, literally, Hadith says, in which they did not remember the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that moment. This Hadith suggests that a person, every single moment, at least Allah subhanahu wa name, if not the Zat Himself, should be part of our remembrance. And that people in Jannah will long to fill up more of the moments of their life with the remembrance of the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's amazing, right? How much power there is in Amal and how much we should value our time. And so many stories. Uh, I mean, you know, we don't have time for that tonight, but so many stories of so many early Muslims who used to value their time so much. Why? Because they viewed every moment as an opportunity to do amal, and otherwise they viewed every moment as a lost opportunity to do amal. So before I conclude, I thought that we should actually give a little bit of nasiha as well, after having just, you know, talked so much about the benefit of nasiha. And so many times I think one of the most simplest nasihas is to take uh, a hadith of the Prophet Because so many of his hadith and mubarakah are the most wonderful, the most concise type of nasiha. And so just for tonight we would just take one hadith, although indeed an entire hadith and all of the sunnah is an endless, uh, priceless uh, treasure of nasiha for us. And that's a very well-known hadith that most of our listeners would know. But if we can maybe try to listen to this hadith with that niyat of nasiha of presenting our heart, of doing sama, of doing ittiba and ita'at, and of being intently aware and imbibing this and living by this. And that is what the Prophet said, that we should do qadr, we should value and esteem five things before five, five things before we lose them. And the first is that we should value life before death. And, uh, you know, this is something that the entire deen of Islam is trying to teach us. The entire value and power and potential of every moment of our life. 
And it's so difficult in this day and age when we have so many distractors, so much media. If Internet is ready to suck away hours of our life in a way that we're totally even unaware that we spent hours of life on it. People may be involved in other types of media, TV shows, movies, music, that also suck away hours of their life. Random social gatherings ready to suck away hours of our life. Uh, oversleeping ready to suck away hours of our life. I mean, if we were even to sit down and just look at a week at our, of our life and try to count the hours that we spent wastefully, right? And people, you know, we don't want to waste food, we don't want to waste water, but we don't think enough about the biggest wastes that we do, which is we've wasted our life. We're wasting time of our life. And this also is something, you know, like I can just speak about myself, that the laziness is so ingrained that it's only after putting yourself under the, really, I think there's a strong word here, uh, because my own sheikh isn't like that, but under the whip of a sheikh, alhamdulillah, our sheikh has so much jamal, that has never been a whip, but under the guidance and supervision of teachers and of a program, otherwise, you know, I mean, I also think that if I never met my mashaykh and ulama, I would have just wasted life away in the idle pursuits of life, right? And, and the whole world is structured to gather uh, and to attract people to these idle pursuits. So the more and more we keep in touch with the people of Dean, the more we will value our life. And that is what Sayyidina Sosam, his nasihat to us was, that value our life before death comes. And, you know, the rest I'll just do very briefly because I know we've run out of time uh, to value youth, uh, before our old age, to value our free time before we become busy, right? Uh, and interestingly, these two things go together. Youth is almost synonymous with having a lot of free time. And as you get older and older, you get busier and busier. And the fourth thing was to value our financial our state of financial stability and comfort, lest we be, or prior to we, if we become overcome by a state of financial want and difficulty. And lastly, that we should value our health before illness overtakes us. But I would just combine all of this and say that what an incredible thing that the vast majority, myself, due to the Fazl and Karam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the vast majority of our listeners, to the Fazl and Karam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, have all five of these blessings. Obviously, we have life. Many of us are still in our youth, which can be viewed to be until the age of 40, or that the peak of youth is 40, and then youth declines until 60 and ends at 60, Right? And we have a lot of free time, and we have a financial stability in the sense that we all have a roof over our head, and food to eat, and clothing, and all of that. And we, and many of us listening also have health. So we are people who have all five blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we're not able to value any one of them. And value, qadr here means to value it by using those blessings to acquire nasiha, to submit to nasiha, to listen to that nasiha, to present our heart to that nasiha, and to become a person of a'mal saleh to become a person who does righteous actions and deeds and brings us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is, 
maybe one of the most beneficial things of Tasawwuf is that it brings us back to this path of Nasiha. Tasqiya purifies our hearts so we can live according to that Tasqiya. And it's our dua that myself and all of our listeners are able to bring ourselves back to this path of Nasiha. And even all the Nasihas, Ya Allah, that we ever heard in our life, and Allah Ta'ala, surely you have blessed us to hear so many wonderful things. If you can, in so many years we may have not been able to practice them and implement them, but if you can put that Hidayah back into our hearts again, if you can unlock our hearts and let all of those Nasihas enter into our heart and enable us to submit to all of the good counsel and advice in your Quran Kareem, in the Sunnah of your Nabi Kareem, and all of the advice that we may have heard from the Siddiqeen and Sadiqeen. Jazakallah, Sheikh, for that beautiful advice, dynamic as it was. Inshallah, Sheikh, we say Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and we hope, Inshallah, to be with you next week.